open your ears and crack some beers. You are listening to episode 43 of Retro Hangover. Internet, we are coming to you over the streaming service of your choice, where we are adequately applying Amanda against all adjacent appendages, and also anally. Welcome to episode 43 of Retro Hangover Podcast. I am your co-host, Chris Copeland, and as always, I am with your host, Shane Dick Dragon Sickle Slingin' Koski. How are you doing today, Shane? Uh, you know, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I think also we should just keep the whole apply Amanda thing as a 100% in joke so that we just confuse the shit out of everybody. I, I, we do have to talk about what applying Amanda means because this, I mean, that a lot of people might be lost. Yeah, but that's the point. I guess that is the point. <laughs> Directly to the forehead. Anyway, uh, so Chris, how, how have you been since the last time we last time we chit chatted? Uh, I don't even what. Um, things. What? Great. Yeah. Uh, what have I done? I don't know. What have you done? I, I we, we had a couple <laughs> what beers. Have you done at a new place that I like. I like the new place. That we went to to have beers. Yes. Yeah. The the new old place. Yes. The new old place under new management. I didn't mm-hmm. have all the food, but you had the good food, I think. Did you have the good food? Um, You know, as as far as like your standard sort of like pub bar fare goes. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I had a I had a, a PBJ burger with bacon. So uh, you can't really go wrong with that. So and and you use strawberry bad. jelly. Uh, yeah, because it's superior to grape jelly. Fight me. Yeah, you're wrong, but you're entitled to your wrong opinion. You can be. A, it's that's okay. You're damn right, and and I will be. And oh, it w- it was also accompanied by some pretty good sweet potato fries, by the way. So those are good. Uh, yeah, well, they so they were, but there's a reason for that because not everybody does sweet potato fries correctly, right? But they they did. So the the key to like solid sweet potato fries is also including a nice little like uh, a nice little shimmy sham of some uh, brown sugar and like some cinnamon up on there. Mm. And uh, that that's what they had. They had a nice little layer of that across those things. And mm, it, was, it was good. Well, I'm glad that was good. I had fried pickles and they were OK. They're pretty good. And beer. Did. But they don't make their yeah. own beer. I mean, it's pretty par for the course, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's hard to fuck up beer, especially when you don't make it. That that is true, yeah. And they were still in in the process of um like <laughs> doing doing some construction on the restaurant uh in the middle of the day, which I wouldn't necessarily recommend, but but there you have it. I don't know. I guess it adds the atmosphere or something. That has to be probably the best feature of our dining experience is the fact that they were replacing a ceiling tile while we were eating. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, so I get a PBJ burger with a side of fries and a free upgrade of possible asbestos. So there you go. Yeah, at least you don't have to worry about diabetes. Well, maybe you do. 
I'm not sure. I had a peanut butter jelly burger with sugared up fries. Of course I have to worry about diabetes. <laughs> with asbestos. <laughs> Other than that, uh, it's just been, it's been completely kind of easy treading, I guess. Just kind of boring living. Uh, haven't traveled anywhere this time. I mean, that's going to change here soon. I'm going to be going all over the Southeast United States. Yeah. Uh, coming up here and I'm going to be working my ass off or at least busy. I won't say working my ass off and that would be a lie, but, uh, I will be it, I guess, indisposed doing work things because I can't get too much into it for reasons. Uh, I guess yeah, we, we don't, we don't have proper clearance for that. No. Well, I mean, I really don't have clearance to talk to you about that either, unfortunately. I wish I could, because it'd be fun. But I can't. It's a Navy thing, sort of. Mm. Uh, but other than that, Shane. Yes? What, what have you been playing? Because last time we talked, I kind of shit all over your gaming experience. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I actually need to like go back a few weeks to, to talk about what I've been gaming, because uh, I did not get a chance last time. Well, you talked about other, Blazing other than- Chromer. Yes, I I did talk about Blazing Chrome that I will recommend that again because it's a it's a solid Contra game that's not actually Contra. So I I don't trust Konami or anybody involved with actual Contra to do it um, justice anymore, especially with the way that new one looks like it's going to turn out. So this is the the closest thing you're going to get. But outside of that. Uh, just like some random shit. Like I, I've been kind of scrolling through my, my vast collection of, um, 100% legally obtained ROM files. And, um, I kind of just started playing Gradius three out of nowhere because I figured why not? Um, and if you would like to hear more about that, that we actually have our very first patron exclusive rapid fire review up on our, uh, patron feed. So if you're interested in checking that out and hearing what I had to say about it, then, uh, please feel free to, to head that way. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, truth be told, I actually haven't been playing a whole lot lately. Uh, part, part of it was also because we were sort of pseudo without power at the house for the past, like couple days due to some um electrical work that we needed to have done and also as a fun side effect of the uh said electrical work we managed to completely fry our friggin modem um so that's cool so i was also without wi-fi for about three days you needed a new one anyway i mean i kind of did Actually, I know you're joking, but I've had that one for like several years now. And so when they sent us a new replacement, it was like a completely new model. It wasn't even the same thing. So I'm hoping maybe maybe I get some better performance out of this one. But um, but yeah, man, not not actually a whole lot. Um, so I'm hoping to to rectify that soon. But I think with our schedules the way they are, I'm not sure how much time I'm going to have to 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 fit stuff in that sounds like a very good game the electrical quest ah yes that, yes, that must um, be plenty of time for mobile games right well I, I always make time for that yeah i i'm a filthy mobile gamer so i've still got the kingdom hearts union cross and um final fantasy opera omnia that i play religiously every day um damn by the way like i I, I know we're not getting paid for this or anything, but I'm going to shill for Opera Omnia because if there's ever like a mobile game that 
is is actually like surprisingly fair with their microtransactions and provides a shitload of like actually good content it's that game like that's actually the biggest reason i've been playing it well so so record keeper yes um i would recommend that one as well i i don't personally play it anymore kind of lost my interest after a while but to be fair it was a mobile game that i did play almost daily for at least a couple of years so that says something kind of in and of itself but i mean um, i don't play it anymore either but i still love it yeah, yeah. And, and just because and it's kind of sad because there are so few mobile games in the market these days that are worth your time and are not just thinly veiled slot machines. Um but Opera Omnia definitely does a lot of things right. And so I I would heavily recommend that to anybody that uh is either a fan of Final Fantasy or just, you know, like party-based RPG style games uh in general. So when you say you've been playing Grandia three and without and by that too, you mean Gradius three yeah Gradius because there is yeah. a Grandia three it's just not that, Gradius yeah. three mm-hmm. um without getting into too much detail because I don't want you to give me a full review because that would be available to our sixteen bit subscribers on Patreon exclusively mm, uh, yes yes uh, which you could find at bit.ly slash rh patron in any case. <laughs> <laughs> totally not chilling yes. ourselves. Yeah, right not now. shameless plug or anything, but no go on. No shameless yes. plug. Uh, did you play it on original hardware? Or did you emulate it? Oh no, I hundred percent emulated it, and okay. even with the emulation, um, I didn't know this, but Chris brought it up like right before we started recording that apparently that game is known for massive slowdown, and let me tell you, it's a hundred percent there. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, that's what I was trying to get into is that they have released a ROM hack of that game. Uh, without the slowdown that has come out recently because it was a launch game for the super nintendo and it was Mm -hmm. notorious for having a real bad slowdown it kind of showcased the difference in you know processor speed between the genesis and the super nintendo and you know going down the list of things of course we know the super nintendo technically was more powerful with its uh more color display uh but in terms of processor speed you know the genesis crushed it so shmups uh, like Gradius 3 uh, didn't perform as well on the Super Nintendo. And that was, of course, Gradius 3 ended up having a lot of slowdown as a casualty of that fact. Yeah. And I think I mentioned in the in our uh, rapid fire thing that I thought it was actually a fairly easy game for being a Gradius game. And, and that probably factors into it, too, because when you've got you know, everything slowing down like that, it, it helps with your reaction time immensely. So, Especially nice. since you use some other features that are in your review. Yes. Yeah. That we won't get into. Uh, no, we will not. But uh, <laughs> speaking speaking of Nintendo hardware and, and that sort of thing, um, uh-huh. actually, this we're kind of sticking with a little bit of a theme lately because our last episode with uh, with Seamus from Gray Man Games covered the, the OG Game Boy, the the big gray brick. And uh, I believe what we're talking about today is also related to that. So Chris, what are we talking about today? We're talking about a game related to what I'm playing currently, which is still Final Fantasy 15. Thank you for asking, Shane. And uh, I figured it was only fair since you steamrolled my shit last week that we just don't talk about yours this time. So (laughs) at least I blasted yours. You just completely ignored me. Yep. 
It's a cold shoulder. It's a silent treatment. It's the worst kind. Total bitch move, Shane. At least I'm up and honest about my <laughs> my assholishness. But yeah, just briefly. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to what we're going to be talking about today. But get, let me self-indulge myself a little bit and just tell mm-hmm. everyone I'm still playing Final Fantasy 15. So I guess that's that doesn't matter. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's 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 OK. <laughs> well, look forward to Chris's rapid fire review on FF15. You yeah. can find other quality content like this. Yeah, oh, I don't I, I kind of talked a lot about it last week and I'm still kind of trying to play it because, of course, you know, just trying to find the time in between all the other stuff I got going on right now. And I don't know, I I sit down, I'm still addicted to it, and I'm still, like, puzzled by a lot of the design choices and how they do things, but, yeah, we'll leave it for the rapid-fire review that I put out. Yeah, I actually need to, I actually need to finish up the, uh, the mobile edition of that that I've been playing. I'm actually not 100% done with it yet. I'm pretty close to the end, though, but I have it on my Switch. Well, if it's anything like the main version, I know you're not playing it for the story. Um, so when we get to, uh, this week's game, speaking yeah. of games without story, but it's more appropriate because it has gameplay. Uh, this week we are talking about Final Fantasy Adventure, uh, or Seiken Densetsu. For Seiken Densetsu. Yes. For the Nintendo Game Boy. If you've been watching our Sunday streams, anybody? Okay. If you've been watching our Sunday <laughs> streams... You know that's that the part where I insert a cricket sound. Yes, uh, <laughs> you have. That we have been playing this game for a few of our episodes, and uh, we hope to finish it because apparently you can get a long play done of this for four uh, in four in four hours. But we'll get more to that later. Uh, but first, I'm going to be giving you a history, brief history, of Final Fantasy Adventure. The introduction and popularity of the Game Boy meant that developers had a new platform for their developed franchises that didn't have to compete with their Famicom or NES releases. Many companies released portable, scaled-down clones of games on the NES. Some companies developed original titles using the basic formula of their parent franchises, Super Mario Land. And other companies, like Square, developed completely new IPs for the portable system, some of which would grow into the home with their own unique legacies. In 1989, Squaresoft would release their first Game Boy game called Makai Toshi Saga, which would be renamed the Final Fantasy Legend in North America. As Final Fantasy was really Square's only known RPG in the region, and it looked similar enough for association, the game would see enough success to allow development of a new game series, and ultimately lead Square to develop another new IP, Seiken Densetsu, or as we call it, the Mana series. Square would initially register and trademark the name Seiken Densetsu, translated as Legend of the Holy Sword, in 1989 for a Famicom Disk System project that was rumored to come in at five floppy disks. The project never materialized, but Square was able to hold onto the name. In 1990, Square would ask Koichi Ishii, who had worked on the first two Final Fantasy games, to develop a spin-off title of the mainline series. The title, initially called Gemonites, would eventually pick up the name of the game canceled in 1989 and would release in Japan on June 28, 1991 as Sekidetsetsu Final Fantasy Gaiden. That's right, it's a quasi-official Final Fantasy game. 
This can be seen in the game's inclusion of Moogles, Chocobos, and character sprites that bore a striking resemblance to red and black mages. But that's about where the similarities to the mainline Final Fantasy series ends. Seiken Densetsu was a top-down RPG that played more like The Legend of Zelda than any Final Fantasy game. Most of the game is spent as a one-person effort, and when you did have a party, your companion would mostly be a brain-dead sprite who may or may not have something useful, maybe tears, that you could apply. Instead of being limited to a sword as your main attack like in Zelda, Seiken Densetsu gave players a variety of weapons that could have additional functions. You could equip axes that could cut down trees, or chains that would allow you to cross caverns, among other weapons that provided beneficial environmental effects. Other differences to both Zelda and Final Fantasy would be a basic customization in Level Up, and a charge meter that would allow you to perform a strong attack regardless of your health. Seiken Densetsu would release later in 1991 as Final Fantasy Adventure in North America, with a re-release in 1998, and as Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, not to be confused with the SNES game, in 1993 in Europe. The game would end up selling a total of 700,000 units worldwide and spawn a successful legacy of games better known in North America as the Mana series, Secret of Mana, and has been recently released again in the Mana collection on the Nintendo Switch. And that is your brief history of Final Fantasy Adventure. So thank you for the uh, the brief history of Final Fantasy Adventure or Mystic Quest, depending on where you're at, or Seiken Densetsu. Seiken. Um, is it Seiken? Seiken. Seiken. But that's going to be the last time we're going to say Seiken Densetsu. So okay. you can, we'll just say Final Se- Fantasy Seiken, Adventure. Seiken Densetsu. There we go. Right. Okay. I have a little pet peeve. when. Yeah, I, I know he does. Yeah. He, he hates it when people mispronounce Japanese titles. I mean, I could be mispronouncing it for all I fucking know. So if I am, it feel free feel free to just absolutely blast me on the internet. I'll take it. I'm a big boy. <laughs> uh, but um, so I guess I guess I'll I'll jump into my sort of experience with this one, um, which of course, if you've listened to the show at all, um, you you probably know that this is a running theme for me at this point. That uh, despite the fact that I am a host of a retro game podcast. Turns out I uh, haven't really played a lot of these back when they were like, you know, relevant. Um, A lot of them I kind of came to later, um, which I suppose I will leave that up to your uh, discretion, whether or not that disqualifies me as a retro host. But here we are. So uh, similarly with uh, FFA, I, I didn't play it at all until very recently. As a matter of fact, the, the aforementioned stream Sundays that we have where I've been playing the game were my first exposure to it at all. And part of that was sort of just like symptomatic of not owning a Game Boy, um, as we mentioned in our last episode about the Game Boy, that I, weirdly enough, was a uh, Sega Game Gear kid much to my chagrin and the deaths of many AA batteries. Is that the legacy and ghost of the Sega Master System that just continues to haunt you? You know, I think it is. That that might be what it is, you know. I, I started my console life with a, a Master System and then the, the Game Gear came along to to continue it, to, to continue is, my abject disappointment. I mean, because that is essentially a portable master system. Yeah, pretty much. Maybe that's the reason why my parents bought me that instead of a Game Boy. I don't know. I don't really anyway. remember asking for it. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> but anyway, um, so, so yeah, so I didn't really play this from the off, but, um, kind of got a chance to experience it more recently. And, um, you know, by, by and large, I, uh, I've actually been enjoying it. Uh, it, it's, it's been a longer experience than I expected it to be. I'll be honest. Uh, for 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 a Game Boy title, you know, a, a portable game system um, of that time in particular, it's actually a fairly lengthy game, um, or at least more than I was expecting. Of course, now you know, like 3DS games, those are basically full blown console titles, and oh yeah, can take just as long. But but back in the day, it was a different story. Um, if you've watched any of our VODs of our playthrough of this, I think on at least two or three occasions, I've said at the beginning of them, like, yeah, so I think we're going to wrap this game up this time. And then it definitely didn't happen. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, so that, that's kind of where I came into this. Was this something that you had a chance to play with, um, I think it was, you said it was your dad's Game Boy, right? You mentioned right. that a couple of times. Was this something that he had, or or did you come to this later? Later. Uh, so I didn't get it right at the get. Uh, mm-hmm. I did play it on the Game Boy way, back in the day, of course. Uh, not, right. not recently. And it was, I think it was after I got the Game Boy Pocket. It, it may have been, I, I know I played it, I can't remember if I played it before or after Pokemon. Because Pokemon, like me, like many other people, really got re generated interest in the game boy after pokemon sure Uh, but i can't remember if it was before or after but it was it was different um it certainly wasn't what a lot of people were expecting you you go into this experience you see final fantasy adventure and you're going to think you're going to get a turn-based rpg and didn't get that experience right off the bat but what is delivered was a quality rpg uh, well, not RPG, but, you know, action RPG, top-down action-adventure game. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's it's definitely something more than what you would probably expect in 1991 as an action RPG. I mean, in, in, in the totality of things, you look at, like, Link's Awakening, and Link's Awakening is certainly a much more robust experience. And uh, I would, you know, I'm not even going to hesitate to argue that Link's Awakening is a, is a much better game. It is. But yeah, it is. considering that this came out two full years before Link's Awakening, it's a very, very good effort to deliver, I don't know, an SNES-style action RPG on the Game Boy, uh, which you just didn't have a lot of on the Game Boy in general, and and to devel- deliver that in, in a lengthy sequence. And I think its legacy is really understated. I don't think a lot of people... I think a lot of people love Secret of Mana. They get really hyped up when they hear the title Secret of Mana and how great it was. But a lot of people for a very long time didn't understand that its origin was Final Fantasy Adventure. And even less people played it. Well, probably more people played it than knew it. But it didn't probably connect for a very long time. And I do find it interesting you said, like, you didn't see that RPGs back then, but Square did a really good job with maintaining length. I know I'm kind of getting off on a slight tangent here, but like the Final Fantasy <laughs> Legends series were, yeah. were long, fully fleshed out RPGs, no matter how you feel about them. So Final Fantasy Adventure delivering that full console experience, uh, for Square at least, was was nothing totally outside the norm. But no one, no one would blame you for thinking that you were going to get your 15, 20-minute Game Boy experience 
that you would be getting out of um, Contra or Super Mario Land. You were getting an actual game that you could sit down and you could definitely get your $30, $40 worth, whatever people were paying for this game brand new back in 1980, uh, 1991. Yeah, and and so your, your point about like the the Mana series, that, that was something that I was definitely not aware of. Um, I had no idea that this was technically the, the first game in that series. And weirdly enough, um, some of the re-releases of this game, because it has been re-released a, a number of times on, on different platforms, uh-huh. um, from like the GBA, which was sort of mana. So at least at that point, right, you kind of, they sort of like put everything together. <laughs> so it made sense. Well, to be fair, sort of mana, I mean, these are remakes. Right, right, right. They're, right. they're not re-releases. So if, you, if you're thinking sort of mana was uh, a remake of Final Fantasy Adventure. If you don't think that's a remake of Final Fantasy Adventure, I think you could be easily forgiven for that. Unless Well, so that's that's where I was up. going with it. Yeah. yeah, well, that's where I was going with that, actually, is, is I, and I think, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was the, the GBA version of this, the sort of mana, where they kind of ripped out all of the, like, Final Fantasy-related stuff and replaced it with things that were more consistent with, like, the mana series. Is that right? I know they did that in a lot of the remakes, yeah. Because, I mean, you could fight and kill Chocobos in the original version. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you got to understand why Square wouldn't want that, especially since the Mana series had, had established itself uh, later in, in games. I don't know whether or not you could get impacted with the Moogle uh, status effect. I'm not sure if that maintained in there. But you can understand, like, Square's like, okay, we just want Rabbites and all the other things that you kill in the Mana series. I can only think of Rabbites off the top of my head. And forgive me because, <laughs> you know, I've played the Mana games. But, like, Rabbites are the most identifiable. So, like, you're thinking Rabbites and all the other Mana series enemies are in there. Why are we killing Chocobos or turning people into Moogles? Those are Final Fantasy aspects. So, sure. yeah. I could completely understand where they're coming from. It established itself, its own legacy, its own enemies, its own gameplay system, uh, much independently from Final Fantasy, even though it started out as a Final Fantasy side game. Yeah, no, for sure. And I I didn't have any idea what to expect going into this. I mean, just by virtue of having the Final Fantasy moniker on the box art of this thing, my assumption, as you had mentioned earlier, was that it was going to be a more traditional, you know, party-based, turn-based sort of RPG. And as much as I think at this point I have made it fairly clear that I am, in fact, a fan of turn-based RPGs, I was actually pleasantly surprised to find that this was uh, a different take on things because uh, I also very much enjoy action RPGs, whether that's like Zelda or you can go into like the Diablo series, of course, that's sort of an integral part of my gaming history. So, um, so I, I was happy to find that it, it was a different experience and in a lot of ways, very streamlined. Um, you know, you still have some of those light RPG elements like leveling up and stats, and, and you do actually have to apply, you know, the, the points to your stats manually. And Amanda. Uh, <laughs> yes. And while well, applying Amanda is 100% manual, let me, let yes. me tell you. Um, so you still have to do that, and of course you, oh, you get like <laughs> you get equipment upgrades and, and things like that, but they're all fairly linear. Like you you don't really have a, a whole lot of choices as to the kind of like gear you equip. It's most of the time it's fairly straightforward. Like 
oh, this gold armor is better than the iron armor I have now. And so you just buy the whole set and upgrade. There's a few instances in the game where certain weapons are actually like either required or are like, you know, super effective against certain enemies or bosses. And that, unless you, you know, had some sort of prior knowledge thanks to a game fact or something, um, would probably be a little bit of trial and error. Mm-hmm. So, I um, mean, like equipment wise, it's essentially par for the course. Cause you did see that. I mean, outside the weapons, the weapons, I think that's the cool thing about this game too, mm. is I can't really think of another game. Uh, I haven't extensively played Crystallis to know any better. Cause I know that was another big J- uh, action RPG at the time. Uh, for the SNES, not fuck for the NES. Sorry, mm. uh, made by SNK. So, and I know a lot of people like that. And uh, Govelius too for the Master System was another action RPG. I think you can only use swords in that. But um, just in case I'm wrong, I'm I'm throwing those games out. I know they exist. Thank you. But um, <laughs> like Final Fantasy Adventure did bring that aspect to the action RPG or console uh action RPG, even though it's the Game Boy, it's a portable console. But like the 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 more traditional console based kind of action RPG where you weren't limited to one weapon type and each weapon had a different function. And I mm-hmm. think that's even different from like Zelda and it, it separates itself from Zelda in that aspect where Zelda has like, you have your hook shot and all these subsidiary weapons that perform those functions. But in final fantasy adventure, those subsidiary weapons actually function as your main weapon and just provide additional functions in addition to being a killing machine. Uh, yeah. So that's that's something unique, and that I think that's something to be appreciated within the series. Yeah, definitely. And, and I I would say on some level, I think that actually you could argue that that is kind of an improvement, right? Because it, mm-hmm. it, I think it's a smart way of kind of streamlining that system to where, you know, actually your example is a perfect one with the, with the hook shot because you do have a, a sickle at one point in the game that also kind of functions exactly like a hookshot and you use it that way on several occasions to traverse certain areas in the game. But you do that 100% with your equipped weapon rather than having this like tertiary like item clogging up your inventory. So I think that was smart. One criticism that I will say kind of related to that, I think, at least for me, was the menu navigation because there really wasn't a good way to quickly swap between available weapons. So because of the fact that you are required at several points in the game to use a specific weapon for a specific purpose, um, there ends up being a whole lot of sort of like flipping through menus to re-equip weapons over and over again. So it would have been nice if there had been a way, I'm not sure how you do that with a Game Boy, considering the very limited, you know, button availability. It's not like you had shoulder buttons at that time. So I don't know if there would have been a good way to accomplish that, but that would have been nice. Uh, you also have to think, I mean, this is in this is kind of in the, the, the transitional phase in between the NES and the SNES, right? Um, sure. And NES games like menu navigation was was still in its primacy. They were still kind of figuring it out. I mean, you you essentially had two buttons and a d-pad that people were really working with and with the start and select buttons being limited in their application so when you when you think about menu navigation yeah menu navigation is shit there's a lot of genesis games where menu navigation is shit and uh even snes games early snes games menu navigation is shit final fantasy 4 is not one of them but it, it it's a prevalent uh criticism 
of a lot of RPGs at the time. I mean, shit, go back and try to play fucking uh, Dragon Warrior on the NES or the the Dragon Warrior 2 or Dragon Warrior 3 or just fucking Dragon Quest anything prior to, <laughs> like, Dragon Quest 5 or 6. It's a fucking pain in the ass. They just didn't understand how to do things. It was mostly based off, I think, like, wizardry and Ultima, where everything was very cumbersome and no one could get out of their own way at the time. They just couldn't fucking figure it out. So, yeah, Final Fantasy Adventure suffers from a lot of that shit, but that's just what RPGs were doing at the time. They hadn't streamlined things quite yet. Uh, so, I, yeah, is it a fair criticism against the game? Absolutely. But I think you have to realize that was just a product of the time, and it's just one of those archaic things that happen when you go back and you play older RPGs. It's just something you have to deal with. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's it's sort of a natural evolution from, you know, you could go f- as far back as things like Zork or something where you're 100% text-based sort of games like that, mm-hmm. where that's quite possibly literally the clunkiest way to play a game. Um, although it is a little bit of a novelty now, I guess. But, you 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 know, it's, it's this natural evolution of typing... F- commands in order to interact with a game to then being able to control it with something like a d-pad and have an actual character and, and you know moving through there so yeah i mean this game came out at a time where it was at a point in that sort of rpg evolution where you're sort of straddling the line between very text and menu heavy interaction and also having the ability to have you know more um interactive graphics i guess so so no i I totally get where you're coming from and it's not something that i'm knocking this particular game for because it is just sort of endemic of a lot of things in that particular time period but it for the record it it doesn't make it any less frustrating (laughs) other things other characteristics that this game had in the north american version at least Mm. uh and, and include probably all versions is uh one the plot, I mean, you have to talk about Game Boy. One, the plot, super basic, which is fine. Uh, the other thing is if you have, uh, uh, if we have alluded to from mm. our Apply Amanda comments, is the translation <laughs> is shit. So <laughs> let's get that yeah. out of the way. That That's one of the things that got pointed out a number of times in the reviews for it, too, is that it's a pretty solid RPG, but it suffers from some serious translation problems so if, if if anyone doesn't know okay so i'm just going to explain apply amanda okay um and you can watch please, please uh, and you can watch the video uh where we do our live stream because I, i'm sticking with this because i find it absolutely hilarious i love it and that's <laughs> going to be the theme for this uh thing so you, you have a party member or a joining party member with you because you have no control over them other than some weird things but her name's amanda and you go and you fight, what was it, Medusa? And you fight Medusa. Mm-hmm. And Medusa turns Amanda into a fiend. And so you have to kill Amanda. But you need to get something from Amanda in order to heal someone else. So once Amanda turns into a fiend, you have to kill Amanda. And you take Amanda's tears. And you have to give it to the NPC in order to cure the NPC of whatever, whatever their malady is, right? So... When you get this item, it just says Amanda. It doesn't say Amanda's tears. <laughs> it doesn't say tears. It doesn't say anything. It just says Amanda. So you go talk to the NPC, and instead of um, it saying, you know, applied tears or cured whatever the malady, it says, uh, you have applied Amanda. <laughs> and it's kind of creepy when you really think about it. 
and it's hilarious. These tears all over the. I'm just gonna smear Amanda all over your face, and that could be taken multiple ways. You know, how are you applying Amanda to your face? Uh, directly to the directly forehead forehead, to your to your mouth. Where are you applying Amanda to? You know, is it pleasurable? Everywhere. Uh, hopefully it's. It, it doesn't even say if it's tears or if it's a corpse. So you can really go in some very, very dark directions. I wouldn't encourage you to do so. And you might be very upset with what I'm saying right now. But think about it. That's that's creepy. Do we do do we I've, do we need to explain the whole apply directly to forehead thing? Are we old enough now that some people listening to this are not going to know what that's from? I might not know what that is. Oh, OK, cool. So it's just me. Fantastic. So for those of you that don't know, um, several years ago uh, on television, there was a commercial for a product that was total garbage and didn't actually work, by the way, but uh, was called Head On. And oh, it God. was basically like a giant chapstick that you rolled on your forehead with, uh, under the auspices of it was supposed to provide fast headache relief. Um, from what I recall, I think, like I said, it was basically snake oil and it didn't actually work at all the way it was supposed to. But those commercials, that that was their tagline that I can't get out of the back of my brain until the day I die now, which was head on, apply directly to the forehead, head on, apply directly to the forehead. And so that's where that comes from. So there's your uh, mid-90s history lesson, boys and girls. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I didn't get those commercials in regular society. It must be a Canadian thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's what it is, definitely. If, if you're listening to this and you're in Canada, please let us know if that's a thing. And maybe, maybe it was just where I lived. I don't remember that. All right, there. I was just there making has sexual. To be, there has to be at least someone listening to this that knows about head-on commercials, but I mean, that's you can't. Fine. I was, I was, I was just trying to make normal, innocent, necrophilic comments, and you have yeah, to go you and know, as and provide do. something about getting head from chapstick, <laughs> bastard. Uh, not that I think chapstick has a problem with sales or anything, but you know that no. that could probably provide a boost. Just, just saying. Uh, right. So in any event, um, chapstick things aside, there there was two other things that I kind of wanted to touch on real quick here um, before mm-hmm. we start to kind of wrap things up for this episode. Right. Uh, one, the map is fucking awful. Right. So um, it's probably the most useless map in any sort of game I think I've seen in a long time. Worse uh, than Zelda's? Yes. Yes. No. Of co- no. Yes. Worse than no. Zelda. Or at least no. on par with Zelda. Okay, so the map in this game is essentially just a collection of rectangles arranged vaguely in a way that represents a map. There, There's nothing on there that really helps navigate whatsoever. Um, like, and, and honestly, my playtime with this game would probably be twice as long if I wasn't following along with a walkthrough because the directions that... NPCs give you to sort of move the main plot along are, you know, something to the effect of like, you need to go to this forest over in the east. And you're like, okay, great. You, my first thing would be to look at the map, right? And, and be like, all right, so whereabouts do I need to go? And I'm not expecting a, a Game Boy RPG from like 1991 to, you know, be giving me quest markers or or holding my hand or anything, because I, I know better than that. 
but like, damn, this map might as well just not be there. The overland map is literally just a grid and there's like a few things on the map that sort of give you an idea of where things might be um, as far as like geographical traits. But outside of that, there's nothing. And then the dungeon maps are actually the same as Zelda, where it is just a bunch of little rectangles like sort of situated in the way that the dungeon is laid out. But by and large, the map sucks. With no Nazi signs. Yeah, no, no, no hidden hidden symbols in there, at least as far as I'm aware. Um, luckily, this was something that I think that they realized because the map was actually fixed in the later sort of like revisions of this game, you know, coming out on like GBA and Vita and what have you. But not um, with The Legend of Zelda. <laughs> but no, not with The Legend of Zelda. They decided to keep None of those re-releases. Experience pure, I guess. Are you trying to tell me that, like, this is better than Zelda? Is this where you're driving with this? Uh, yes. Okay. Actually, I, you know what? I don't care. Final Fantasy Adventure is better than the original Legend of Zelda. And not even by a little bit. Oh, well, I no, I wouldn't argue that at all. I actually don't really like the original Zelda at all. <laughs> like you, yeah, okay, okay. I'm just saying, like you're going off on the map, and I complete no. The the criticisms are valid, but at least the map shows you where the fucking towns are. What is the yeah, original? That's, that's of like Zelda literally the only you? thing on the overworld map that yeah. was like the towns. Yeah. What yeah. does the original Legend of Zelda give you? Um, squares or oh, squares, like re- rectangles, maybe, but yeah. Yeah, I, I can't even, I, I again, I know Govelius and Crystallis exist, and I don't know what their fucking maps look like. I'm sorry. I wish I had those for a comparison, and I can't think of any <laughs> other action RPG on the Game Boy for a comparison that may have come out before Final Sea Adventure, because I can't think of it right now. So, if uh, crucify me, please, if I'm fucked up. But Final Fantasy Adventure's map is much better than The Legend of Zelda's map, because at least it has fucking towns on it. Yep, and at least- and, but it still sucks. Guess what's also better in Final Fantasy Fantasy Adventure, even though it still sucks? The translation. So at least you can talk to people, (laughs) and they at least let you know generally what you're supposed to do. Instead of telling you, it's dangerous to go alone. Yeah, no shit, asshole. I know it's dangerous to go alone. At least I don't have to go alone in Final Fantasy Adventure. I get Amanda and her fucking dead-ass tears. So, it's great. It's, well, okay, whatever. But it's better than The Legend of Zelda. That has to be said. It is a better action RPG than The Legend of Zelda, and it probably came out slightly before, uh, I can't even fucking the name, I'm a terrible fucking retro gamer right now, uh, the Super <laughs> Nintendo, uh, Zelda game. Uh, Link to the Past? Link to the Past, yes. Yeah. It's, it's not better than that, no, 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 <laughs> no, uh, but, um, but, and it's not better than Link's Awakening, I already said that, but it did come out before it, so when you Deep. really think about it, this is probably uh when it came out top five action rpg of all time do you do you do you feel better now i I feel like you needed to get that out look the original of legend of the original legend of zelda is shit it sucks and i'm gonna piss off a lot of people saying that i don't care it sucks if if i give you the game and i take away your fucking fact and you can't use the internet uh solve the game solve it you get no map you get no instruction manual you here's the game here's the nintendo here's the controller and play it. See, all, all you it. need all you need for that is just a, a handy-dandy piece of grid paper and a pencil. And then you can draw your own map as you go along. It's an adventure. Yeah, but, like, you, you still need to know where to put bombs and shit. Which, in Final Fantasy Adventure, when you blow hose in walls, 
with your medics. When you blow hose. Medic blow hose. When you when you when you Yo, when son, you create, we up in FFA, we be blowing hose. Yeah. When you create holes and walls in yes. FFA mm-hmm. with your medic. Yeah, the it's, medic. Um yeah, with the metuck. Uh, the matok. What's the item that you can use that you can and, and it doesn't matter. Uh but when you do that, it's at least like in dungeons and they're easy to find. They're in like one of four locations. And like the original well, that, Legend and of if Zelda. You, if you also it's also easy to find too, because you just need to walk up to the wall and swing your weapon and it makes a different noise if it's something you can blow up. Oh, something uh a link to the past did, like right after that. Oh, imagine that. Yeah. Uh, but the Legend of Zelda didn't do that. So if you have no idea, you can blow shit up or light things on fire or do any of the things you need to do in order to beat the fucking game. Uh, you would need something to tell you to do that for the most part in a lot of situations. Are, are you are you going to be OK? I didn't I, I didn't realize that Legend of Zelda hurt you this badly. <laughs> we need to do an episode on Legend of Zelda. It sounds that way. Yeah. <laughs> We will we will lose all of our subscribers and it will be amazing. <laughs> don't uh, worry, we don't hate the other ones. Just that one. Yeah, no, just the first one. I've tried to get into that one several times and I can never do it because it's just so fucking obtuse. But anyway, um uh, Zelda asides aside, the, the the other thing that I wanted to mention really and this is not surprising probably coming from uh, both an RPG of the time and also a Final Fantasy related game is that uh, I realized that I probably would have benefited from grinding more uh, and by more I mean at all because I didn't more time on grinder got you yes definitely um, yes. but uh, I, I didn't do any level grinding at all in my playthrough so far and it became like very evident that I probably should have because later on in the playthrough, I realized that I was actually like horrendously underleveled for the things that I was taking on. And granted part of that might be actually as we're, you know, spent the last like 10 minutes griping about a shitty map. Uh, part of that could have been because I didn't do really any wandering around because I've was following a walkthrough so i knew exactly where i needed to go so maybe the shitty map is part of the game design well actually yeah probably in some way i think that they and that's what i'm getting at is that i think they expected people to sort of wander around to find where they needed to go next and as a byproduct of that end up in like way more battles and consequently gain more levels than i did because yeah i i i was definitely not statistically prepared for some of the stuff that I ran into like later in the game. Oh. So that's Absolutely. kind of, kind of weird, but speaking yeah. of level, so up, that's I all I really had to say on it. Um, uh, did you, did you have any specific things that you kind of wanted to talk about uh, other than the fact that it's like objectively better than I just want to say like, legend of Zelda. I just want to say like, speaking of level up, yeah, like it's, it's, I like the way that you do the level up system in this game where you get to select what you want to level up. It's not just automatic, like level up and you just get randomized stats. You, you, you get to choose what you want to level up, which a lot of, again, a lot of games back then you didn't get that option. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I liked the system, um, because I do like having the ability to choose like where you put your points, but I, I also felt on some level that it was somewhat inconsequential. Like obviously it made an impact on the gameplay, um, but 
there was a, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, there was no rhyme or reason to how I allocated my stat points other than like, I don't know. I think I need more strength. So I do more of the damages and also maybe I'll throw some points into my intellect abilities, whatever it was called that I don't remember off the top of my head right now so that I can be a little bit more effective with these magic spells they're giving me, but there really was no strategy to it. And it seemed like it didn't make a huge difference. So I, I, I guess you could argue one way or the other, whether that's actually like a benefit or not, because I guess maybe at least that way you couldn't totally fuck yourself by building your character a certain way. I mean, unless you were insane and just like put everything into one stat. I'm sure the people did that, like just put into strength. And I don't know, like I know in the later versions, like with uh, Second Densetsu 3 or Trials of Mana, mm-hmm. that like it would limit, it would cap you out if you put too many uh, attributes into one stat. So I don't right. know if it did that in this game. I know it did that in later releases, but I don't know if it did that here. Um, so to maintain the balance, but in any case, it's, it's an enjoyable system. You can customize and it's all just, it's all about just building up your charge bar anyway. Just making sure you can unleash sick attacks. But that's about it. Pretty much. Yeah. I love the charge bar. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Do, do, do you really love the charge bar or are you just looking at things on the screen and saying that you love them? I love charge bar. Oh, okay. Fine. You, you love charge bar. Uh, so Chris, would you say that in, in this day and age, you recommend someone picking this up and playing it now (sighs) for nostalgia purposes only? If you like, if you like old Game Boy games, yeah. If you like retro games, sure. Which if you're listening to this, you probably do. So I'm going to say yes. Yes. It's worth picking up and giving a shot. It's, it's a fun little game. Uh, it's not overly complicated and, uh, it's, it's better than a mobile game. And I think you'll have a decent time. So I would say it's a go for it. Yeah, I, I think we're I think we're on the same page about this one. I being someone that did come to it now and didn't have any sort of nostalgia for it whatsoever. Um, I've enjoyed my time with it. It's it's not incredibly complex to where you need to go look up, you know, strategies on how to build your party or where to find that super hidden Ultima weapon or that thing that you missed that you can't get now or any of that bullshit. It's, it's fairly straightforward and the, the gameplay is enjoyable. Um, the, the plot is just kind of there, but it's, you know, it's serviceable prepare to have your character be thrown over a waterfall like three times, I think. <laughs> prepare to die. Yeah. Cause apparently that's the way that the villains in this game think that they can kill you. Um, and get even good. If, even if it didn't work the first two times, but yeah. That's fine. Um, but yeah, yeah, I would definitely recommend picking it up if if you can. If you're into, you know, action RPGs or, you know, retro games like this, then for sure. I think it's it's worth the, you know, what, four to six hours or so that it'll probably take to get through it. Yeah, it's about four to six hours. It's a good deal. So uh so I guess with that, we'll probably uh wrap things up for this time around. Um let's do it. Yeah, so as we are wont to do, we should mention that uh, if you want to get in touch with us on the social media, you can do that. Uh, We are pretty much everywhere that you could look. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter are the the main venues. And if uh, you want to check out our Patreon, as we mentioned earlier, where we've got some of our exclusive bonus audio content that's there. 
feel free to head on over to uh, bit.ly slash rhpatron. And if you donate at uh, minimum the 16-bit tier, that will give you access to our additional super secret RSS feed of um, our additional audio content. And if you uh, are also interested in some swag, then you can do that. Um, We have a merch store. Uh, We've got a couple of different things on there now, including our summer uh, outrunner series of uh, items. And the storefront that we run it on pretty much always has a discount of some kind going. So you can get uh, a pretty good deal on that stuff. Uh, And you can find that by heading over to bit.ly slash RHP merch. And uh, also, as an added benefit of being a patron, you get a personal shout out at the end of every one of our episodes. Uh, and so with that, um, Chris, you want to you want to do our patron shout outs this time? Thank you, Ashton Ruby. You're the man. And thank you, Lyle. Please give me his last name, Shane. Is it McKerns? I think it's McKerns. It, it so it is. Uh, I'm I'm hoping. I hope Lyle, if you're listening to this, I hope it's okay that we put your last name out there because we didn't specify. But but yes, um, we Lyle, will verify that in post. <laughs> yes, uh, Lyle McKerns and Ashton Ruby are our two um, very supportive patrons. So thank you for for being there with us along the way and coming and and berating us on our Sunday streams. It's, it's always appreciated. <laughs> and the beratement will return. I, I think this, this post section will give us a public platform to berate you. So we will remember everything you say on our streams from now on, because we have to give you a shout out. And yeah. I enjoy that. I love giving you a shout out because now I'm going to return the favor. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, yes, in that case, thank you, Lyle, for making me play Buffy, the vampire slayer for the game boy. That was a thing we all got side boob we we sure did that that game by the way candidate for actually i'm probably gonna do i'm probably gonna do a rapid fire review on that at some point just because please do if for nothing other than a candidate for best pause screen of a video game of all time i love it oh by the way if you're in the local jacksonville area we will be at gam on august 17th walking around being creepy in our retro hangover shirts uh, Shane may or may not dress like Fox McCloud because he is low key furry. I can't promise you <laughs> that he will, but he might. I don't know. Uh, he probably won't, or he probably will. You'll find out if yeah, you go to Gam head over in to Jacksonville, Gam Florida. Do a barrel on August seventeenth. Yes, we'll be there on August seventeenth. Plus, our next episode will have a uh, local big time community figure from the Jacksonville area. Uh, we look forward to seeing you on that episode. Oh, and we have one more announcement. We will be on someone else's channel, and we'll put that on a social media when it becomes official and when that comes out. Uh, he's one of our previous guest hosts. We will be on the Ultimate Nerd something. I don't know if the Ultimate Nerd podcast or uh, uh, um, <laughs> Nerd great. Trainer's other podcast. I don't know. We're going to be on terrible. some shit. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know exactly what channel we're going to be on from uh, Nerd Trainer or Ryan Trainer that we had as a guest a couple weeks ago. But we will be on one of his channels, so... Please, please pay attention to Ryan Trainer's uh, nerd podcast network uh, that he promoted in his previous episode. So please pay attention to that because uh, we will be on there as well. All right. Well, lots of lots of good stuff happening in the in the RHP world, including rambling. Yes, including rambling. So with all of that said, until next time, jiggle your rambling joysticks. Mm-hmm.